Farzine Vasugin here with you for another episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. Yes, we have a lot to talk about on this episode of the Chief Zone. We have very little time to waste. A lot to go over today on the docket for this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. The Kansas City Chiefs have released Marquez Valdez-Scantling, saving some money with the cap. I'll talk about that and... Considering how active the Chiefs have been so far, what they've done to save money, they've used a franchise tag. I believe the first team to officially use a franchise tag on a team doing so on Legereus Sneed. And I think that deserves a lot of conversation. The Chiefs released renderings for a potentially renovated Arrowhead Stadium. I've got to be honest, I'm not digging this. I am not. And I've said for a long time, if we're going to do this, if we're going to be spending money, we got to do it right. And I'll tell you right now, I'm not thrilled about these renovation plans. The Chiefs also had their report card come out. The NFLPA uh, released their second ever uh, annual report card. And I'll tell you right now, the Chiefs once again looked bad, just like they did last year. And an update on our good friend, Chiefsaholic, as he was in court today. A lot to get into here on the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com. If you guys want to attend a sporting event, uh, a concert, whatever it may be, go to SeatGeek.com. And when you go to SeatGeek.com and when you choose your event, if you see a green dot next to those ticket prices, that means you're paying a good price for those tickets. Click on those. If you see a red dot, avoid those. That means you're paying way too much. And I got a little bonus for you first-time SeatGeek customers. If you have never purchased from SeatGeek before, you can use my promo code FARZINE and you will save $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com, enter the promo code FARZINE, and if you're a first-time customer, you will get 20 bucks off your first order from SeatGeek. All right, like I said, we have a lot to go over today here on uh, tonight's episode of the podcast. I just got home like 20 minutes ago, and I was going to start sooner, but technology always gets in the way sometimes, so apologies for that, Uh, but nonetheless... Uh, we are uh, we are underway here. Uh, let's get into it because, like I said, a lot to go over and little time to waste. The uh, a lot of news broke today, um, and I remember it was ten oh eight, and I think I had posted three uh, bits of breaking news at that point. And some of you guys were on the West Coast saying you just had woke up and you're waking up to all these stories. Uh, so I can't imagine what that's like being on the West Coast. So let's uh, let's go in chronological order here. So the first bit of news that came out this morning, the Chiefs released Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who did sign a three-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs worth $33 million. So obviously you do the simple math there, um, on average earning $11 million per year. And the Chiefs decided to release him before uh, the final year of his contract. And I think this makes a lot of sense. Look, I mentioned this earlier. MVS, obviously, you recall what happened uh, against Philadelphia. You recall what happened against the Bengals, dropping two touchdown passes. The one against the Eagles, I mean, that one in in stride. Every college football player, uh, every college football receiver, I should say, is making that play right there. And... Uh, The one against the Bengals, he was not in the end zone, but man, he was in wide open space. No defender was close to him, and he drops that one. Now, he did make up for it in the postseason, uh, had a couple of big catches against the Buffalo Bills in that divisional round game on the road, and then in the AFC Championship game, also on the road, the Chiefs on third and long with the game on the line, or not on the line, but it's on the line for the Ravens. Deep pass to Scantling and rolling backwards to make the catch to ice the game. So he made up for it. And he also had the touchdown catch against the 49ers in the Super Bowl. But overall body of work 
MVS, unfortunately, had not been living up to expectations. This guy was supposed to be one of the key players this year, especially with Juju Smith-Schuster moving on to New England and Kadarius Toney not living up to expectations. MVS was unable to rise to the occasion. And instead, you had Rashi Rice, who had a much better season. Um, listen, I think MVS is a good receiver and can be a good receiver. He's got the height. He's got the speed, uh, which is rare for a guy his size. Um, but unfortunately, the drops were an issue. And I know they were an issue in Green Bay. I didn't think they were as big of an issue his first year here in Kansas City in 2022. And keep in mind, the Chiefs signed him just a couple of days after they traded Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins. So he was supposed to be one of the guys that was supposed to help fill in for Tyreek Hill's uh, duties and responsibilities in Kansas City, essentially. And boy, I, I'll never forget what he did in last year's AFC Championship game against the Bengals when the Chiefs lost three receivers in the AFC title game. MVS stepped up. Marcus Kemp, who had not caught a pass all year, caught a first down to help the Chiefs move the chains and eat up some clock there. So, uh, look, um, you know, you want to keep everyone when you win a Super Bowl, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, we know that even as the reigning back-to-back -back champs, uh, the Chiefs have a lot to work on this year. Um, cap space, they've got a lot of things they got to work on there. And overall, um, this is a Chiefs team that has to... Um, They've got a lot of things to work on this offseason, especially with the offense, trying to keep the defense intact as much as possible. So if they can uh, work on that, uh, they'll be uh, they'll be set to go for a three-peat. Uh, uh, easier said than done, of course. Something's wrong with my audio. Can you guys hear me all right? I get this occasionally, and then, you know, a lot of people say they can. Okay, audio is very broken. Interesting. Why is that? Okay, uh, we're off to a uh, very solid start. Uh, I'm just putting the... I, I turned up the volume, and I also am putting the microphone close to my mouth. Uh, okay, we have a lot of audio issues here. Lovely. Um, oh, boy. Uh, it's cutting in and out. Okay, awesome. Uh, that is exactly uh, what I needed. Uh, okay. Yeah, I can't really restart it. Um, shit. Yeah, this is, um, th this is why we started a little late. Uh, yeah, a lot of people are commenting about audio issues here. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I paused it on the podcast version for, for those of you watching live, obviously you're, you guys are struggling with me. So apparently my audio is good now. Um, but the, uh, but the, uh, video is not so great. See, Nate just says, we'll pretend it's radio. Okay. <laughs> now that'll work. That'll work. Okay. I, I appreciate you guys uh, letting me know anytime things like this are happening. I definitely need to know. Um, so, okay. Technology. Lovely. Um, yeah, I've had some issues. This camera right here, for whatever reason, cut out right before I wanted to start going live. So, okay. All right. Um, so we're just going to go like this. Anyway, I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, I think we were talking about MVS getting released. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, it sucks. We wanted MVS to all, uh, we all want him to be great, especially with the way he kind of made up for things in the postseason in the Ravens game to help the Chiefs officially punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. The way he did it in the Buffalo game, the two, two big catches he had in that game. And keep in mind, the Chiefs were facing a Buffalo team that had been red hot in the second half of the season. And offensively speaking, they did not have a big play in that game. And I think statistically speaking, a big play is considered something that goes for 20 yards or more. And the Bills did not have any of that. MVS had two of those in that game. And he also had the touchdown grab. But again, overall body of work, that is... Um, that's what you th that's what you're looking for here. And the Chiefs unfortunately had to part ways with um with MVS here. That's what you're looking for here. And the Chiefs unfortunately had to part ways 
Okay, so I'm getting some comments saying the audio is bad again. Yeah, we're just going to have to go with this. Let me just say this right now. If you guys want to forego listening to me live, I understand that. Um, the podcast version will be out later tonight. So if you want to check it out late tonight or tomorrow morning, the podcast will be up. My apologies. I literally just got home and just jumped right into the seat. Um, I put, put on a, I put on a chief shirt for this. So, uh, that's unfortunate. You guys cannot see my, uh, my lovely, uh, Super Bowl gear. Man, I just, um, I just went all out on, um, on Super Bowl gear this year. I really did, but we're not here to talk about that. Uh, but let's talk about this for a moment here with the cap space because the Chiefs are going to be saving more than $12 million in cap space. I sound like Megatron. Cap space because the Chiefs are saving more than $12 million in cap space. Okay, I sound just fine on my end. Um, but <laughs> um, in terms of the cap space. The Chiefs decided to not re-sign Tommy Townsend, which was huge because he changed his agent and he is going with um he is going with Drew Rosenhaus, who's always going to give his agents or his clients rather top-tier contracts. And for the Chiefs, it's important for them to save money right now because right now the Chiefs are one of the bottom uh, tier teams when it comes to cap space. So at the end of the day, uh, this is a football team that, again, has a lot to work on on offense. They're trying to keep their defense together just one more season, hopefully, so they can three-peat. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, cutting MVS, signing Ariza over Tommy Townsend, two big moves to help yourself with the salary cap. Now, the Chiefs also did use the franchise tag on Legereus Sneed. What does this mean? What does this mean for Chris Jones? Is tagging Sneed a good or bad indication of things to come? Now, the tag uh, at the moment is going to cost just over $19 million uh, for the cornerback position here. Uh, I will say this. I think in general, the... The whole situation with the franchise tag, the franchise tag just always has a negative connotation with it. There's never a good, it's never a good thing when a team has to use a franchise tag. But to use it this early, uh, way ahead of the deadline, that's a concern for me. Why are the Chiefs using the franchise tag right now? Right, well, I mean, way before the deadline. I'm not. I'm, I mean, listen. This is not one of those things where you procrastinate and wait until the final second. Uh, but to use it, you know, when you have what about a week left before um, the deadline, it's a little weird to me. So I'm just not exactly sure at the end of the day what the Chiefs are trying to get done here, um, salary cap wise. Or I'm sorry, uh, with the franchise tag here, because it, especially with the salary cap increase, and we've gone over this already, they have the ability to keep both Jones and Snead. Um, they still would need to rework some other deals on the team, like Mahomes, Jawan Taylor, if he is willing to do it. Um, easier said than done, of course. So let's, I mean, this is one of those situations where we kind of have to wait and see. I will say this, my optimistic meter level, not very high right now. In fact, it's low that maybe we have seen Legereus Need play his last snap as a chief. And I hope that's not the case because Legereus Need balled out this year. Not statistically speaking. He did a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Didn't allow a touchdown in the regular season. He allowed a touchdown in the... AFC division round game against the Bills and in the Super Bowl. That's it. Um, and by the way, in the AFC title game where he gave up that big play against Zay, Fl uh, uh, Zay Flowers, yeah. What did he do a few plays later? He punched that ball out of Flowers' hands. And it was a touchback. Chiefs recovered. By far, one of the most clutch plays I've ever seen in Chiefs history because if he does not do that, the Ravens probably win that football game. They probably do because the Chiefs were shut out in that second half. Yeah, and Bob mentioned that here in the chat that the Chiefs did give Legereus Sneed uh, an opportunity to 
explore other options, talk to other teams, and see what kind of deal he can get. So uh, that's definitely not news I wanted to hear. And I will say this. I'm actually surprised the Chiefs used the franchise tag on Snead instead of Jones. I thought Jones would be the more difficult one to come to terms with because of his agents and kind of what happened last year with him not even holding out into the regular season. Yeah, they figured it out pretty quickly after that, but um, this was one of those situations where, you know, with the Cats brothers, they're not the most popular guys, but it sounds like from what a lot of people are reporting, the Chiefs and Chris Jones seem to be in line right now to try to get a deal done. So I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, see, some people are, are, are kind of up in the air about whether or not Chris Jones is worth the money. Here's my thing. And I think, you know, small sample size, the Chiefs defense looked good against the Lions without Chris Jones. But um, I don't know if I want to test that. I, I don't know if I want to put that to the test. I, I don't know if I want to do that right now. Because with without Chris Jones... I think you start to see some struggles from guys like Carl Loftus and Mike Dana. Not to say those guys are bad, especially Carl Loftus. He's been great since the Chiefs got him. But I think having that anchor in the middle of your defensive line would help out a lot. Uh, look, I still remember when the Chiefs drafted Glenn Dorsey, and I thought that was a a, a Big draft pick right there. Unfortunately, Glenn Dorsey did not live up to expectations, not even close to it. Um, they transitioned to the 3-4 defense. Glenn Dorsey ended up moving to the defensive end, and, and he just wasn't the guy that we all heard about, watched uh, from LSU. Chris Jones is doing all of the things that you expected Glenn Dorsey to do. Is this a guy that you let walk? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, he's going to cost you a lot of money. It, it's, it's, it's not easy. Listen, this, this is the type of problems great teams have. When you draft as great as the Chiefs have had the, uh, the last few years, these are the kinds of problems you deal with. I mean, let's just go over the Chiefs draft history, uh, recent draft history quickly. Um, last year's draft, FAU, first round pick. We didn't see much of him, but... When we saw him make his playoff debut in the Super Bowl, man, he he made some plays in that one against um, against Christian McCaffrey. Rashi Rice obviously played well. Wanya Morris, uh, you know, had some inconsistencies there, which is uh, expected for a third round pick, but also had some uh, some flashes as well, some good moments. Uh, Shamari Connor, I thought, you know, was underrated, did some good things. Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll, and we'll have to see about B.J. Thompson and Nick Jones. Uh, 2022, my God, a great group of guys there. Trent McDuffie. Uh, you look at Brian Cook, who I thought was playing very well at the safety position, replacing Juan Thornhill up until his injury. Josh Williams, uh, I thought played better in 2022. Jalen Watson played better in 2022. They also got a lot of playing time in 2023. Nazi Johnson, who was a safety converted to cornerback. Spags mentioned that he was in line to start at least early on in training camp before his injury. So I think the Chiefs have some confidence in Nizzy Johnson here. 2021, Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey, uh, Trey Smith. These are all guys outside of the first round. 2020, you drafted Willie Gay. Lucas Niang, who hasn't played much, but when he has played, he's looked good. Legereus Sneed in the fourth round. Mike Dana in the fifth round, who had his best season yet with the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs have drafted very, very well over the years. And by the way, let me read you this list here, because if you look at who the Chiefs have parted ways with over the years, uh, in the Patrick Mahomes era, the Chiefs have moved on from Alex Smith, Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Eric Fisher, Mitchell Schwartz, Orlando Brown, Justin Houston, D. Ford, Frank Clark, Derek Johnson, Marcus Peters, Tyron Matthew, Dustin Colquitt, and McCole Hardman. What do all of those guys have in common? All of those guys were either pro bowlers and or all pro players during their time in Kansas City. And during the Patrick Mahomes era, those guys were either released 
traded or they let them walk. And obviously for various reasons, like Alex Smith, you were just ready to move on and start Mahomes. Kareem Hunt, he got into some trouble. Tyreek Hill, that was more of a cap situation there. Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, they were been dealing with injuries. Orlando Brown just not playing up to speed anymore. Um, Derek Johnson, Justin Houston, unfortunately, age caught up with them and several others there. Now, McCole Hardman and Dustin Colquitt ended up coming back to Kansas City. I think Colquitt was just on the practice squad and Hardman obviously had the game winning uh, touchdown catch in the Super Bowl this year. So at the end of the day, you look at all of those things. Antoine says, what about Juju? Juju Smith-Schuster made the Pro Bowl, but not as a member of the Chiefs. He made it as a member of the Steelers. So, yes. And by the way, I could have mentioned LaShawn McCoy, um, who's a future Hall of Famer, but all of the Pro Bowls and the All-Pros he's collected in his career were before his time in Kansas City. So I did not include a guy like LaShawn McCoy on that list. My point is this, because... In the Patrick Mahomes era, ever since the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs have had 14 players, either All-Pro or Pro Bowl or both, uh, during their time as a Chief, and the Chiefs moved on from them. They're still winning football games. They're still winning Super Bowls. They just went back-to-back. All of those guys I mentioned, none of them were on the team this year when they repeated in Vegas except for McCall Hardman. Now, McCall Hardman, by the way, to be clear, he made the Pro Bowl as a kick returner, not as a wide receiver. Still counts as a as a um, as a uh, as a Pro Bowler, though. Chris says, "What's the name of your podcast?" Always miss your lives. Uh, the Chief Zone. Just search the Chief, or just search my name. Um, should be the first one that comes up. So here's my thing. I hope that Legereus Need is not done as a Kansas City Chief. I really hope not. And I know uh, he hasn't been. Um, he has, yeah, I don't think he's had an all pro nor a pro bowl, though Peyton Manning did have the ability to pick one player who did not make the pro bowl, and he picked Legereus Sneed this year. Fortunately, uh, Sneed did not attend the pro bowl because he was preparing for the Super Bowl. Um, but in general, the Chiefs have moved on from so many great players, and they're still winning football games. So if this is Legereus Sneed's last time playing with the Chiefs, and I really hope not, because I do think the Chiefs need him, I still trust Brett Veach at the end of the day. Trust Brett Veach. Remember when Tyreek Hill was traded almost two years ago? Everybody was upset in Kansas City. People outside of Kansas City were thrilled, and they thought the Chiefs were done. People thought the Chiefs were were done for and that their offense would never be the same. Mahomes was going to start struggling. Remember all of those narratives? It was the complete opposite. Mahomes won MVP last year almost unanimously without Tyreek Hill. Because the narrative went from, oh my God, the Chiefs are screwed. How are they going to do without Tyreek Hill? And when they got to the Super Bowl, what were the two narratives the week of the Super Bowl? Donna Kelsey and, wow, the Chiefs got here without Tyreek Hill. Those, those were the two biggest storylines the week of the Super Bowl. So, uh, you see, Trey says trading Tyreek Hill was one of the gutsiest trades of all time in NFL history. He might be. Um, it's just, obviously, Tyreek Hill, like, you will never see another Tyreek Hill again. You might see another Travis Kelsey. You might see another Legereus Sneed. You might get another Chris Jones. We've seen those types of players before. We've never seen Tyreek Hill before, and we may never, ever see him again. And obviously, he fell late in the in the draft because of an alleged incident, which we still don't really know all the details, what really did and didn't happen. Well, by the way, let me just say this quickly before I forget. Tyreek Hill is now involved in yet another legal in matter where yeah, the details on this are very weird. It's involving a woman who was participating in backyard football drills of all things. Um, man, Tyreek Hill needs to start surrounding himself with better people. I, I mean, j- j- seriously, avoid trouble. I, I, even if he did nothing, man, putting yourself around people like this just just put you in a bad spot. Again, innocent until proven guilty, but public PR, that matters way more in 2024 than it did in 2004. Way more. Okay, I do want to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and their um, their plans for 
renovating Arrowhead Stadium because we know the Royals, they are two feet in with the idea of moving downtown. Um, There's some conflict going on as some of the businesses there claim that they have not been in contact with the Royals when the Royals said otherwise. Uh, But that's a topic for another time. The Chiefs, however, want to utilize that space, uh, essentially replace it with an activity zone. In fact, for those of you who are on the um, Facebook and uh, YouTube versions, here is a look at the um, rendering here. So looking at the right, there's an activity zone here, and there's also a VIP entry area. I'm not really quite sure what's going on there. Uh, the activity zone actually looks pretty cool. I like it. I think this actually might be something uh, something good. And if the Chiefs were to ever host a Super Bowl, they definitely could use that venue or that area, I should say, uh, for something. Um, we always see this in Super Bowls before the games. There's always some sort of uh, concert going on right outside the stadiums. A lot of activities going on around the stadium. So that's a pretty cool addition for people to go to in pregame. Uh, then you have, uh, let's see right here. You have upper concourse connection bridge. Yeah. Apparently they're going to try to, uh, do some bridging to the stadium, which is interesting. There are going to be new end zone suites. Okay. This is, this is kind of reminding me of Allegiant stadium, what they have in their end zone suite. We're also going to get new video boards. I'm not really sure what's wrong with the current video boards. They renovated them back in 08, 09, 2010, um, and they look great. Uh, they look awesome. There's another area for VIP entry, new parking deck. There's a ride share zone. Uh, so this is, um, I gotta be honest with you guys. This is very underwhelming. I don't see, I'm not excited about this. The activity zone that looks cool. I would love for an activity zone that, that, that actually is a really good idea. But outside of that, what are we upgrading? seriously, what, what, what are we upgrading here? We're not really adding a lot of seats. Uh, Clark Hunt said there would be additional seats, but did not know how many more. Um, a new, I mean, I guess we're getting more parking, which is cool. I guess that's kind of inevitable because if the Royals are moving on, I, I guess Coffin Stadium in that spot is going to be no more. So that's kind of a given there. Uh, you're, you don't really need to spend money on that. Wh- what are what are we upgrading here, guys? I don't really know. I'm not really sure. And by the way, how much is this all going to cost? $800 million. $800 million. Again, what are we upgrading? I, I'm, I'm not really sure what exactly it is that, you know, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not overwhelmed by this. If we're going to if you're going to tell me Farzine, they're renovating Arrowhead Stadium and they're going to spend eight hundred million dollars. Wow. Cool. What are we upgrading? Video boards and VIP entry. What the hell? Like VIP entry, a ride share, a bridge, $800 million for all of that. I'm not so sure if I really like this. Uh, Bob says it's a shame if Jackson County voters pass this. Uh, I hope they pass on it, Bob. And I think that's what you're trying to say too. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, listen, I remember in 2020 when the pandemic happened and they spent, they signed like a trillion dollar, I don't know the exact number, but more than a trillion dollars on a COVID relief uh, fund. And I'm over here thinking to myself, wait a minute. We've been told for so many years we don't have the money to help improve education, especially in inner cities. Yet we just spent a trillion dollars on COVID relief. And listen, I'm not here to have a COVID debate. I, I'm not. Um, 
but a trillion dollars on that, and in years past, we could not spend money on education? Um, I'm telling you right now, I love the activity zone. I think that's actually a really cool idea. And I don't really think that's going to cost you a whole lot to do anyway, because if they're going to demolish Coffin Stadium, well, you got a lot of space there. And I don't think it's going to really cost you much. But $800 million outside of the activity zone? I really don't know what the Chiefs are doing. That seems like a lot of money for upgrades that I honestly, I I don't view them as upgrades. I thought the renovations that the Chiefs and Royals had 15 years ago, those were pretty cool. The Royals renovations, I mean, that stadium looks awesome. I love the craft uh, and draft area. I love the rival sports bar. I've actually sat there for games before. Um, it's actually a lot of fun. Um, the 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 uh, the fountain, the Budweiser, Bud Light fountain bar, whatever it is at left field, that looks pretty cool. The little K is pretty cool if you have kids. And all the stuff they have. I remember when I was a kid, um, behind the fountains, there was no walkway. Um, you just had a few seats just inside the um, the 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 foul pole of both sides, uh, left and right field. Now you have a lot more seating in those areas, um, and I think the uh, the video board looks really cool at Arrowhead or excuse me, Kaufman. But in terms of Arrowhead, what what's the big difference? Uh, you know, I, I think they've done some things. The stadium itself really looks the same, except for the. The sky view, which, by the way, that I've been there before. It just looks weird watching a game from up there. And apparently that's where all the radio announcers go to announce their games. Um, the Hall of Honor. I love that. That's awesome. Definitely very cool. Um, so I, I think and also Arrowhead upgraded their um, their video boards at the time. Today, I don't know, man. I I don't really know if I like what the Chiefs are doing for $800 million. Clark Hunt is supposedly going to put up $300 million and is asking Jackson County to put up $500 million. Listen, man, uh, I don't like to tell people how to vote. I am. That is at all not my place to speak. But I don't know if this is worth passing. I really, really don't. Um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be doing end zone suites, you're going to be losing seats. I don't know if I like that. Okay, thanks, Trey. Hopefully uh, things are starting to sound better. Uh, I don't know what's going on tonight, but it's it's one of those nights. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't know. If I like what the Chiefs are doing with that money. And listen, if you're a Jackson County resident and you plan on voting April 2nd, you do what you think is best. All I'm asking is if you are going to vote, please just consider what this money is being used for. Personally, I I, I, I just don't know. Like, I'm not I'm not blown away. Clark Hunt did not knock my socks off, as the kids like to say. Not at all. Um, me personally, if I had a vote, uh, which I don't, I would be voting no on this. Now, uh, this was kind of a bad day PR wise for Clark Hunt, because the same day he's asking $500 million from Jackson County, the, uh, second ever NFL PA report card came out and the Kansas city chiefs were the second worst team, uh, grade wise. Second year in a row. Congratulations. Uh, by the way, the Chiefs not only had all these terrible grades, they still won the Super Bowl two years in a row. The only area where the Chiefs had an A-plus was with their head coach, and they ranked first in the NFL in that category. However, ownership group, Clark Hunt and the Hunt family, they ranked 32nd. And in fact, they were given an f minus. Um, listen, I'd like to think I was a, I was a good college student. Uh, I did not know there was such thing as an F minus. I knew a plus a, a minus B plus B minus those kinds of things. 
if you had an F, if you had anything below a 59%, I just assumed it's it's just an F. There's no F minus, F plus, none of that. Just a big fat F. But no, Clark Hunt has a dash next to the F. Um, the Chiefs had a lot of bad grades here. Uh, let, let me start with ownership here. Why is Clark Hunt getting an F minus here? And by the way, um, Clark Hunt did speak to the media while after his presentation for the plans for the renovated Arrowhead Stadium. And when he was asked about these things, he did not look very comfortable. This was probably the most uncomfortable he had ever looked in front of the media. And generally, like, let me just say this, because over the years, and I've covered the Chiefs before, dealt with their PR stuff, all that stuff. Um, both the Chiefs and the Royals, because they've been so bad uh, at times, especially the Royals for so many years, they're very, very sensitive about negative coverage. And they're also very sensitive about certain questions that get asked. Obviously, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they're like royalty here in Kansas City. I mean, they just are. So if anybody in the media ever asks a question to Andy Reid or to Patrick Mahomes that makes them feel uncomfortable, the PR person is going to let that reporter know about it. And um, Antoinette says an F- minus is actually a zero. And she is a, a Antoinette is a former retired teacher. Okay, all right. Uh, F minuses are oh Robert. Ugh. Yeah, I um. Let's just say in school, if I ever got an F, I don't think my parents would have been too happy about that. Um, I mean, I may have like flunked a spelling test in the fifth grade, and I think everyone else like also did really bad in that. And our teacher let us know about it, but that's really it. Um. Uh, but anyway, uh, why is Clark Hunt getting such a low grade? I remember when Herm Edwards got fired in 2009, January of 2009. Um, if you guys remember ESPN News, how that used to be back in the day. Uh, I turned on ESPN News and they interviewed Brian Waters. You guys all remember Brian Waters, great left guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. And in Brian Waters' interview... On ESPN News, reacting to Herm Edwards getting fired, he said that Clark Hunt is a good businessman, but is not a good football person. I mean, that's a bold statement for a guy who, and obviously the following year, Brian Waters did not talk to the media all year because he was not happy with the new regime and with ownership. He was, he was, uh, he told a comment, uh, 22 guys off the street could win two games. Remember that? Um, and he didn't talk to the media all year. So uh, my, my, my point is Brian Waters is one of the very, very few, maybe the only former chief I can think of who had been brave enough to speak negatively about Clark Hunt. You don't really hear. I mean, do, do any Chiefs players speak highly of Clark Hunt. I I want to say Patrick Mahomes maybe had thanked them and you'd better damn well because they gave you a half a billion dollar contract at one point. Um and the Chiefs, you know, they've broken a lot of rules in favor of Mahomes and his family. I know there was Albert Breer mentioned at one point that you know, with all the COVID protocol and not to mention COVID again, but my point is, you know, we were all told we all have to do our part to help uh, reduce the spread of COVID. Um, and for NFL teams, uh, their families were not allowed access to a certain place. Well, Mahomes family was allowed because he's Patrick Mahomes. Um, listen, I know George Brett and so many other greats here in Kansas City, their families got ex uh, exceptions and whatnot. But in COVID, when we're all told that we need to get rid of the pandemic and all that, I can understand certain players being frustrated. And that's what Albert Breer was reporting at the time. Um, I, yeah, listen, I've heard a lot of rumors about the Hunt family, none that I can confirm. Um, here's what I will say, because early on in Clark Hunt's tenure as the owner, when he filled in for his father, Lamar Hunt, after his passing, uh, there were some 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 conversations happening in Kansas City as to whether or not Clark Hunt cares about the team. Because for, for a lot of you who don't who may not know, Clark Hunt does not live in Kansas City. He doesn't. 
Clark Hunt lives in Texas. And I think it's in, in the Dallas area. So whenever the Chiefs have a game, Clark Hunt flies out to Kansas City or to the destination on the road um, the morning of him and his family. And they have a private jet, all that stuff, all the owners do. Um, but he flies out the day of to these games. And then as when the game's over, he'll meet with the team, the coach and GM, probably who he talks to the most. And then he goes back home to Dallas with his family. So at the end of the day, and by the way, he'll come out for other events as well. Um, obviously the draft, free agency, all these things. But he's not in Kansas City. And the conversation about Clark Hunt in 08, 09, 2010 was, it, does he care? Is he even connected with the team? Because if he's only showing up for the days of the games and for a couple of other events at the end of the day, you know, what, 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 what does he bring to the team? I think was the point a lot of people were trying to make back then. Um, listen, owners are always weird because I know for years people criticized David glass and kept saying, why is David Glass not selling the team? And then when the Royals were, were great in 2014 and 2015, oh, all of a sudden, everyone loves David Glass. He's the greatest owner in baseball. Well, you're saying that now because the, the Royals had just won the World Series um, and went to the World Series back-to-back -back years. Um, I mean, those two years, people, their minds changed about David Glass, yet he didn't really do anything. He kept the same manager. A lot of the players were, were the same. They just got more and more experience. They were all great in the minor leagues. And at, with some experience in the majors, they eventually got better. What, what what has Clark Hunt done to help this football team win a Super Bowl? Well, yeah, he hired Andy Reid. But from 2013 to 2017, the Chiefs had a 1-4 playoff record. That's not good. Um, They find Patrick Mahomes which Brett Veach gets a lot of the credit for. And obviously they they build the team from there and they've been great. AFC Championship game every year. Uh, three Super Bowls in the span of five years. Obviously just went back to back. None of that is really Clark Hunt's doing. Clark Hunt hires the head coach and hires the general manager. And he lets those two run the show. Very, very, very rarely does Clark Hunt get involved. He got involved uh, when Jared Allen was disgruntled. I know that. And the Chiefs were looking for a trade partner. He um, he, he had to uh, step in and, and get involved on that. Uh, when the Kareem Hunt video surfaced, Clark Hunt 100% got involved for that. In fact, I believe he actually flew out from Dallas to Kansas City to meet with Andy Reid and, and Brett Veach in person to discuss what do they do. So why, again, why is Clark Hunt getting an F minus here? Do the players not feel like he's giving them enough? Because let me go back to the report card here. It's not a very good report card for the Chiefs. Let's go over this real quickly here. Treatment of families, D+. Plus. Wow. Uh, listen, I'll just say this about the Mahomes family. Because if you guys ever pay attention, if you guys go to games, you'll notice this. Um, they, have, um, they have chains around the sidelines. And that's where a lot of the VIP go before every game. And, you know, you kind of have to share that space. There's like a little square section for every um, chained off area. Brittany Mahomes has her own chained area. And I, I've seen this. I, I saw this in the Detroit game during pregame. She's all by herself. I mean, she, she had a couple of people with her to take pictures and whatnot, which is fine. I don't care about that, but she has her own space. I think the Chiefs have done a lot of maybe breaking the rules and bending the rules for Brittany and the rest of her family, her group that comes out for games. 
Uh, obviously, they've done that for Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift now this year because she came out to a lot of games, of course. Um, treatment of family. I, I don't really know these things. Food and cafeteria got a C minus. Nutrition and dietitian. I am. I'm guessing this kind of goes hand in hand with food and cafeteria. I don't know. That got an F. Locker room F. By the way, there's a lot of confusion about locker room here. We are not talking about the locker room at Arrowhead. The Chiefs barely use that locker room. They only use it for home games. So eight or nine home games plus one or two preseason games and then uh, some play home playoff games. They only use that 10, 11, maybe 12 times a year. That's it. Um, they spend far more time at the practice facility locker room. So I'm 99% positive that this is the locker room uh, the locker room at the practice facility. And I'll tell you right now, the, the, the two locker rooms, they don't even compare. The Arrowhead Stadium, way better than the uh, practice facility locker room. Training room, D. Training staff, this is Rick Burkholder's area. And F, the worst in the NFL. This one is a big shock because Rick Burkholder, uh, he got a, a, a bad grade last year as well. And this was a shock to a lot of people because we have heard nothing but great things about Rick Burkholder. I remember uh, last year, uh, Julie Freimeyer, who was part of Rick's staff, she got a lot of praise for how she helped uh, Patrick Mahomes during his process with his ankle injury in the playoffs. And Gracie Hunt was on Fox News that week and is praising Julie and the rest of the training staff. So it's not a good look when someone from ownership is going on national cable news, praising your training staff, and then your training staff gets an F. Uh, essentially a bad grade for the second year in a row. Weight room is a C plus. I know nothing about the weight room. Strength coaches C plus. That's a surprise. Team travel is a D. Uh, my guess on this one is that not everyone gets first class treatment. They fly with United, right? Yeah, it's United. Um, there are some people who... Um, uh, who uh, don't get that first-class seating. And if you're one of those big offensive or defensive linemen and you don't get the first-class treatment, I can understand why you'd be upset. Listen, these are all big guys, uh, okay? Um, flying in coach is not the uh, is not the most enjoyable thing for, uh, for people who are huge. I once sat next to a UFC fighter on a flight to Vegas. Um, I mean, he seemed like he handled himself well, but he's a pretty big dude. Um, and I've got to say, I actually appreciated him not uh, taking up as much space because I was in the middle seat. By the way, I'll say this right now. The best people to sit next to on a plane are kids. They barely take up a lot of space, man. Man, I've sat next to people who like, you know, they'll just like read a book and they'll just like put their elbows out. It's like, you're fucking touching me, man. Anyway, I'm getting off topic here. Um... Yeah, team travel D. I don't know. Maybe Andy Reid's writing on people's foreheads while they're sleeping. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's the thing. Head coach A plus. Obviously, you know everyone loves Andy Reid. I think the only person I've ever heard badmouth Andy Reid was Le'Veon Bell, and he got a lot of pushback, and he ended up deleting his um, his comments about Andy Reid. And then ownership, we already went over in in, de in detail. Uh, that's an F minus, not an F, an F minus. So uh, that is um, certainly uh, a surprise to say the least. So that is your Chiefs report card. Let me, let me say this ultimately. What's the um, what's the takeaway from all of this? As a fan, I couldn't give a damn about all of this. Now, do I want the players on my favorite team to be treated right? Do I want them to be happy? Yes. Because if they're happy, there's probably a chance that they're willing to stay in Kansas City, maybe even give a uh, friendly discount to stay. Um, but unfortunately, there are clearly, and by the way, this is not just you know a one-time thing. This is now two years in a row, because this is only the second time the NFLPA has done this whole report card thing. This is the second year they've been doing this. And two years in a row, the Chiefs have finished second worst in the NFL. 
So what is happening behind closed doors? What's going on with the facilities? What's going on with ownership? What's going on with the training staff? Because we always get glowing reviews about the training staff publicly, but behind closed doors, clearly people are not happy about it. So I don't know, man. Um, that's a little, that's a, that's a weird one to me. And you know, I, I guess we should care about this, even though this doesn't impact us personally, we kind of should care about this because if we want to keep our favorite players here, well then hopefully they're being treated right. And clearly some of these players do not feel like they've been treated well. They certainly don't feel that way. Uh, a couple other things here. Uh, actually, last thing I'll go over here. Chief Saholic, uh, an update uh, on him. He has pleaded guilty to all of the bank robberies that uh, he committed on 19 counts in Missouri, according to Jonathan Cooper, a uh, former uh, college classmate of mine, by the way. He faces up to... 50 years in federal prison and admitted to robbing or attempting to rob 11 banks in seven states. Uh, his attorney was very adamant that he was, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Well, he just admitted to all of that. Uh, Jonathan Cooper continues that uh, Babu Dar, a.k.a. Chief Saholic, uh, must pay more than $530,000 in restitution and must forfeit an autographed painting of Patrick Mahomes. If you guys recall, he attended Patrick Mahomes charity gala and spent a lot of money on a painting, a signed painting of Patrick Mahomes. And he has to give that up because he used dirty money to essentially purchase that. So yeah, that's a, listen, I, I've gone over this before. You know, what was the, what was the point of all of this? Like, were you were you trying to seek attention? Did you want to make friends? Were you trying to meet women? Like, I, I don't really know at the end of the day, like, why he felt the need. This guy was playing the real-life Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> he really was. Um, but hey, man. Um, if you can't do the time... Don't do the crime. That's what they say. All right, guys, that'll do it for this episode of the Chief Zone Podcast. I appreciate you guys joining me. Apologies for all of the um, all of the uh, technical issues, but I'll try to get that straightened out for next time. Uh, until then, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast. Appreciate those who watch live. I will talk to you all later. Take care.